0: Welcome to Launching the Pilot with your host Brian and Gidget.
1: Hello, and welcome to Launching the Pilot, episode 219. And this time I'm talking 40 Towers with Gidget von der Rohe.
0: Hey, hi, Brian, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm
1: doing very well.
0: 219, you must be exhausted.
1: Ah, uh, fed up with this, uh, I just want to stop now.
0: No you don't You've got a great podcast You don't want to stop
1: (laughs) The the only reason I keep going Is because eventually Every other podcast will stop And I'll be the only podcast left
0: <laughs> I th- that's our theory too. Yeah. 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 Ev- eventually, because cause the thing is, I you know I haven't got kids or anything, um, and there's so many podcasts that all of a sudden they they start off when they're quite young and then they get married then they have got the wife and the kids and they're like oh, I just haven't got the time to do it and you just you you just watch them sort of all just sort of go yeah I can't do it anymore and you're like I sh- there should be only one <laughs>
1: <laughs> can only between be you one. and me.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> But then you get new ones starting up. I figure you ain't going to last the distance. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. People don't realise how much work goes into them if you want to do them properly.
1: Yeah, uh, and weekly, like we do weekly. So it's, it's, uh, it gets a lot of work. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, we're weekly as well at the Retro Cinema. So, yeah. Uh, it's 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 worth putting the the work in, but this this was an absolute joy to do because I'm a massive. You've been holding out faulty towers for me now. I have been terrible. Uh, <laughs> you and I arranged to do faulty towers I think two years ago.
1: Uh, could have been. <laughs>
0: yeah, it probably was two years ago. And you have been such a gentleman, and I'm sure you've had other people go, "Can we do faulty towers?" And you're like, "Nah, that's gidgets." So <laughs> you've been holding it for me, and I'm really really grateful for that. And of course, it's. This, this is the funny thing, like Brian and I talked about this before, because both of us are massive Faulty Towers fans, we got Faulty Towers here in Australia uh, when it when it aired, and re- it just keeps getting repeated over and, over and over and over and over again. And I always thought it was the builders that was the first episode of Faulty Towers, and I remember you saying the same thing.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe because when I first saw it, it might have been in a rerun, and they might not have shown them in the right episodes order, or. Uh, or because they never named the episodes when they first aired it's just you know, so,
0: so oh that's true yes it was just faulty towers they didn't have a. And, and yeah, i know,
1: a... And I don't know the set changed the actual set did actually alter slightly and i thought oh that's why it altered because the builders was the first episode so it, that's why it's different but that no <laughs>
0: no it's actually a, it's a touch of class and that was yeah episode 1 season 1 uh, the original air date was the 19th of September, 1975. I was five years old. Um, <laughs> uh, and they, of course, did 12 episodes yes. over two seasons, and that was it. Yeah. And, and I think... The huge
1: gap so, between season one and season two is like four years or something. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah, because this was 1975, and then there was a gap, and I think uh, John Cleese went away to make uh, The Life of Brian. That's it, yeah. uh, he also got divorced from his wife Kenny, Connie Booth Yes. in that time, so they were umming and auring whether to come back, but they did do series two, but that wasn't until 1979. Yeah, oh, it was a big gap. Yeah, yeah, and it was interesting. I mean, both you and I watched the wonderful documentary about it. I thought it was a fantastic documentary, and it was the only documentary that Connie Booth agreed to. She hadn't talked about, she hadn't agreed to talk about the show for 30 years after filming season two. So for her to appear in that documentary, did you watch the same one as me? I,
1: I might have done. <laughs> She's definitely in it. So. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Yeah.
0: We watched the same one. We watched the same one. So yeah. And, and yeah, it was written by obviously John Cleese and Connie Booth, um, the director for the first season was John Howard Davies. And he was also the producer and he did. Now we'd know in Australia, you'd know over, of course in Britain, the good life. Yes. That was, that was really popular here. Was it? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, I, I remember when that aired, a lot of uh, people were suddenly growing fruits and veggies in their backyard.
1: Yes. yeah, it, It's about and, a couple who goes back to the basics, don't they? They want to self-sufficient.
0: Yeah, but they live next to the most wonderful, snotty woman. Yes. <laughs> Penelope. Uh, oh, I can't remember what her character's name was, but uh, yeah, that, that look, that was a very enjoyable. And actually, uh, John Howard Davies was... Oliver in David Lean's 1948 Oliver movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he was he was an actor as well. He, he also produced Monty Python's Flying Circus, The Goons, Goody Goody, Yum Yum, <laughs> and he also cast uh, he cast Prinella Scales as Sybil. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, he, he he walked away from Python, didn't he? He said uh, we've done it enough. We're starting to repeat ourselves, and uh, the the other Pythons weren't happy. Uh, yeah. It's time, you could go to like the beavers say, say what do you want to do next? He says, oh, I'll have a think about it. And, of course, he was married to Connie Booth at the time. He, and they'd stayed at a hotel while they were doing Python, hadn't they? Uh, yep. Uh, I think it was, uh, i got it somewhere. The Glen, Glen Eagles, the Eagles Hotel in Tor- it. Torquay, Devon. Yep. Donald Sinclair and his wife around there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> apparently, situations there <laughs> happened. Um, I think he, Terry Jones was braided, wasn't he, for eaten in an American way by the, by Donald St. Clair.
0: <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it Terry Gilliam?
1: Terry Gilliam. It might have been Terry Gilliam, yeah. Yeah, Yep. And and, uh, and I
0: think, uh, yeah, Eric, Eric Idle's bag briefcase got thrown out behind a wall because Donald St. Clair thought that there was a bomb in it because he had some disgruntled staff members. That's right, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and they're, they're actually staying there while they were filming. I thought they were staying there when they were filming Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is another one of my favourite comedy movies yeah. of all time, but they're actually filming Monty Python's Flying yeah. Circus. And, but Michael the, Palin
1: uh, had the nerve to ask him for a 7.30 wake-up call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. But I, I love the fact that John Cleese g- got the humour of it got the humour of this man and the situation. And, you know, I think he said in the documentary, it was like he wanted to run a hotel, he just didn't want to have any customers. Yeah,
1: the guests are the worst part of running anything, aren't they? So, so.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. But but the other Pythons couldn't stand it. And I think uh, I read that the the Pythons during this time just couldn't tolerate this man and they all moved out. But John Clay stayed. Yeah. And he actually told Connie to come and stay with him. He said, you've got to see this this man you've got to experience this man, how rude he is it's like everything was just like a, a bother it, you know p- p- people just asking the most basic things and that's what he based basil faulty on and i think you know for me basil faulty's one of the greatest comedy ca- characters of all time yeah i think in a comedy tv show uh, he's easy to hate but I, th- I think one of the guys on the documentary said Success isn't funny. Failure is funny.
1: That's right. Yes, and uh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's you. It's nasty to the cast, but you almost feel sorry for him. <laughs> you do. You do. It's, it's, and
0: the thing is, it's and it's not like he's he's a hard worker. That's the thing from watching. I didn't just watch this. I watched the whole season whole both seasons of Faulty Towers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But then again, he's always nice to the major. Yes. Like he. Respects the major, and the major is a permanent resident.
1: Uh, and the ladies, uh, is it, uh, 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 G- what is it? Uh, Gatsby and Tibbs, is it? I
0: think. <laughs> the... G- G- Gatsby and Tibbs, that's yeah. it. Played by uh, Gilly Flowers and Renee Roberts. Yeah. And they, they're permanent residents as well. They're a bit more of a nuisance, I find. They're like, oh, Mr. Vol, and he's, he's just like he's. Ta- I mean, he's such a tall man. He towers above everybody. And, and it works so well because both the women are little. Um, Gilly Flower was actually a a big time model back in back in the day. She posed for quite a few famous photographers. But yeah, they're the permanent residents. But he, I think he respects the major the most. He treats Manuel the, maybe the worst. Yes. Because <laughs> again, the physical violence. It's it's funny. You know, as Andrew Sachs said, he really did hit me at times. Yeah, you know, yeah. The spoon <laughs> yeah. and everything. These weren't props.
1: Yeah, no. You go know, go for it.
0: Yeah, he, he he walked away for some bruises. So he took one for the team doing, doing this series uh, because, you know, John Cleese really puts himself into a role. And as you said, he left the Pythons. They weren't too happy about it. But uh, I think it was Terry Jones that said, what are you talking about? John, John was always trying to leave the Pythons.
1: Yeah, He has been since
0: he started the Pythons. He always wanted And I think he's one of those guys who can't be tied down to one thing for very long. I think they also
1: saw him as selling out because they, they wanted to break the traditional comedy mould and he's gone back to a sitcom. But, yes. Uh, but it's not a sitcom like any other sitcom, is it? Uh...
0: No. the It's interesting, actually. The one thing – I hadn't watched this one for a while, A Touch of Class um, – and the the critics were really harsh on on this when it first came out, like really in, insulting. Like it's, even even the I think it was the head of light entertainment at the BBC said this is going to be a disaster.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, after seeing the pilot and the reviewers are just like, oh, you know, it's just standard standard corny jokes with typical characters and it's not funny. It is quite the first episode of this one, A Touch of Class, is quite pantomimey.
1: Yes, more so than the others. Yes,
0: correct. That's it. Because then we know directly after I watched the builders, <sighs> it's kind of like they took it or took on board. And John Cleese did say that in that documentary. He said he Connie Booth was very very nervous about playing the role, um, and it took her a while to warm into it. But boy, did she warm into it because she's the other rational head in. She's the most rational, I think, Polly.
1: I think so, yeah. And I, I do like the way John Cleese absolutely states for a fact that the show would not have worked if it weren't for Connie Booth writing with him. You know, she's 50% responsible for the show, you know.
0: Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's right. And, and as he said, when they they'd write, he said they wrote together better than they were married. Yeah, um, <laughs> And he said the great thing is, he said, I had no trouble writing Basil, and, and Manuel and the major, he said, but when I started to write Sybil or Polly, Connie would step in and go, a woman would never say that. Sybil would, Sybil would never say that. So you had a great combo of the, the woman taking it. And, and then he said, you know, as it got around to season two, they could both write, you know, Connie could write Basil and and John Cleese could write, you know, Sybil and Polly. So they got more in sync with, it but the first season certainly, it was it was Connie Booth that went. No, Polly wouldn't do that, or Sybil wouldn't say that.
1: Yeah, as she and,
0: she found her feet
1: more, didn't she? She uh, she got more confident, I guess, as the show went on, and uh, yeah, they, they separated the way they they write it. So, yeah, I think it worked really well.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think I think it's very professional. I mean, ABBA did the same thing with regarding split ups. They they had the divorce, but they still came back and did season two. Together, they still wrote together, and they still did season two. And I forget who who said, you know, when they came on set, we didn't even know.
1: No, lots of people didn't even notice that that they got divorced (laughs) (laughs) because it's just yeah, business is.
0: It's a a very private thing though, and I think that's a very professional thing to do. It's like we've got a job to do. Let's keep doing it. Let's take the bitterness out of it. And they had did have one child together. uh, I think it was Cynthia. She was in a fish called Wanda. She played Portia. Oh. In A Fish Called Wanda.
1: Which you've done um, on the retro cinema.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have indeed. <laughs> Someone's paying attention. <laughs> um, we've got the very iconic theme as yes. well from Dennis Wilson. He also did the theme to Steptoe and Son. Yes. My no. mum used to love that show and so did my grandparents. I absolutely loved it. The Dick Emery Show, used to watch that with the family as well. And Rising Damp.
1: Yes, well, that's, that's quite yep. a category, isn't it? A, a, a catalog of uh, catalog,
0: uh, yes, yeah. Um, and uh, as we said, we're talking about. A t- Sorry, I'm hosting this. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> you, you go. You go. I just, I edit just go, that out. Edit that out.
1: I'll just go and have a little sit down somewhere. You carry on this <laughs> <laughs> oh. it,
0: it's so funny when I have guests on or if I guessed on something, I can just run away my mouth runs away with me. And and, and, and everyone ends up going quiet and I'm like, oh, they haven't spoken for a bit.
1: We're <laughs> all too scared to interrupt you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is nothing to be afraid of. I do need a drink of wine though, so you talk.
1: So this episode is a touch of class. <laughs>
0: uh, yep, which is the first
1: episode uh, guaranteed. And really the episode premise is that uh Basil wants to up the clientele. Is it, he's fed up with the riff raff <laughs> they keep getting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's the other lovely thing about him, he's just such a pseudo snob, what I would call a pseudo snob. He's he's a bit like um Miss Bouquet in yes. um yeah, they're they're, they're pseudo snobs. They don't have the the prestigial wealth or, no, it, or anything that they aspire to have. It's
1: it's a lower middle class is is uh, where he's from. So so yeah. and, and he is more reverent to people above him as as we find out in this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've got the wonderful Michael Gwynn as Lord Melbury. He was actually in uh, the 1960 movie. I love this movie, Village of the Damned. He was also in another movie, I love, Jason and the Argonauts, in 1963. And he was in Cleopatra in 1963 as well. Um, Oh, Ballard Barclay, that's who played the major.
1: Oh, right, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently he
1: loved loved playing the major.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's because they interviewed his family in that documentary. And they said he just... It's it's a bit like Andrew Sachs playing Manuel. He'd show up to anything as Manuel in the Manuel outfit.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: uh, I love uh, I love that bit. You know, showing up to you know TV shows and everything click, like click, that.
1: Collect the awards as Manuel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it doing an Ellie May. Yeah. A bit. You know, you know Ellie May from Beverly Hill Hillbillies. Hillbillies? Oh um, yes. Um, yeah, and, and she just dressed like Ellie Mae for the rest of her life until she died. Um, so it's like they've just—they got that character and they're just gonna, you know, keep keep going. But I—I I mean, I'm, I'm not speaking bad of Andrew Sachs at all. He's not with us anymore,
1: no. unfortunately.
0: He died on the 23rd of November 2016. But we still have Connie Booth. We have still got Prunella Scales, um, and still got well, John well, Cleese.
1: Well, John Cleese is no longer with us, you know, because uh, he's moved to America.
0: uh so. <laughs> I love how he's no longer with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, but, oh, and, and Ballard Barclay, who played the major, he was also in National Lampoon's European Vacation. Pretty much it's the same character. <laughs>
1: oh, of course, yeah, because yeah, they come to to London, don't they? It? Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah, that's right. So they run over Eric Idle first, and then I think they hit um, Ballard Barclay, if I can remember correctly. Um, but this was filmed in Buckinghamshire, actually, not in Torquay.
1: No, no. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Well... Where the the residence is no longer there is it it's all been knocked down now and
0: <laughs> yeah i think i think it it got it caught fire and then yes, they that's had, right. had to yeah. knock it down but it was the woodburn grange uh, country club yeah they said uh, they
1: saw the location thought, this is perfect for <laughs> the outside shots of, obviously
0: yeah exactly um and we've got this is obviously because it's the pilot episode we've got the the ongoing joke of the sign out the front Now, we've got faulty towers, and it's just the S that's sort of dropped off.
1: I think it was in the the documentary that explained all the times the signs were changed. They reckoned it's the paper boy. (laughs) Yes, or did you you notice,
0: in (laughs) Brian, in the pilot, the paper boy comes in?
1: Yes, he does, yes.
0: Late and and, late, and and <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Basil looks at his watch, doesn't say anything to him. He just sort of looks at his watch like you're late with the papers. And so the paper boy's like, he walks off. And yeah, supposedly that, that's the thing, why the sign kept getting chained to like flowery twats and flay otters and farty cows. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <all that. laughs> it was a nice little ongoing joke, I think.
1: Yeah. But- uh, it was someone's job, wasn't it, to change the... To, to think of new signs, and he goes, "Oh, we can't do so many." <laughs> that's right. Be... It, it,
0: the only one he could think of was uh,
1: "Flowery Twats," <laughs> and he's like, says, "Can't use that." <laughs> yeah,
0: can yeah, They're like, "Yeah, you can." <laughs> can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> but I mean, the documentary that Brian and I are talking about—it's worth getting. It's actually, on, I think, it's on YouTube.
1: Yeah, that's why I found it.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's on—it's on YouTube. It's a really—if you're a Faulty Towers fan. Check out this documentary because Connie Booth's actually interviewed on it, and it's 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 worth watching. And they cover the whole thing, you know, it's all warts and all, so it's really fascinating to watch. Um, so we've got and the other ongoing joke is of course the hanging of the picture.
1: This, this is ha- more or less as it starts, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. With uh, with Sybil, I mean Basil's obviously scared of Sybil, isn't he? It's just. But, and
0: she's so, he's so. I love this as well, and I think that's the dynamic that works as well. He's this big, tall guy. She's this little thing. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Prunella Scars is is little, but she's got the Buffon hair, and the, and the tiny little waist with the with the with the shi- always the shiny skirts on all the time. But no one messed with Sybil. No. <laughs> that's all. and he just like jumped back. <laughs> that's
1: right. And he almost, in this episode, he almost has a sixth sense of which he's about to enter, because he starts doing stuff, doesn't he? Uh, yes, He, he yes. puts his breakfast away when he sits his presence, and then he's doing something else, and then he realises she's coming, so he runs
0: to put the picture back up. <laughs> it's just, it's a weird. I think that's the other thing, the characters are so well developed straight out of the gate. Now, and I think yeah. there's a lot of TV shows that really miss that. They're like, oh, we'll develop the characters as it goes on. No, if you're showing us the characters, you show us who the characters are right out of the gate. And I think the only character that was lacking was Polly.
1: Yes, very, very... Uh, not much, not many scenes and uh, not much reaction from her. But that's, but you can see that the seeds are there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you can see her purpose. Yeah. And it built as it went on, but certainly... Basil came out swinging. We certainly knew who Sybil was. Uh, As you said, Basil wants a higher end of clientele. And, of course, Sybil's the more practical one. But, again, watching both seasons again, Sybil doesn't do a lot. No. (laughs) She only swings in when Basil's stuffing up. Yes. But but when Basil's super busy, she's sitting at the bar laughing with someone, which supposedly is based on Connie Booth's laughter. That's right. (laughs) 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 That's the one. (laughs) Or, or she's she doesn't do a lot. She only comes in, like she she's always on the phone to Audrey, who is not in this episode. But oh, Audrey, no, he didn't, did he? Yes, oh, so that time. And but yeah. you never see Audrey. No. You never meet Audrey, and you never know. But she's always on the phone to Audrey, who's having a whinge about her relationship and her husband. Oh no, he didn't, did he, Audrey? <laughs> and you know, Basil's always behind her, going busy, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I can just quote every episode of Fawlty Tower and say you're going to have to rein me in on this one. Um, but uh, This one really basic... starts,
1: starts off that, because uh, Sybil uh, says to you, you need to get the, the bill for room 12 because they didn't get their early morning wake-up call. They're in a hurry. And, and also, she's giving other tasks, you know, put the picture up. <laughs> it's got, it's but... got to do the menu for the day as well. And I'm not sure what she's
0: doing. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm meaning. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Sybil. But she doesn't do anything. She only does something when he starts stuffing something up or he's not doing something. So he's constantly running around her. So trying to put the picture up. But, you know, she said to him, she said, you know, she addresses him. She said, what's this in the, in the newspaper? So 40, 40 pounds 40 it pounds. costs you yeah, to, yeah. To, yeah, to put this in the paper to ask for a better type of clientele. And she's very much in the practical thinking of what's it matter where they come, they're all paying the same amount for the rooms.
1: Yes. As long as they're paying customers' does it does matter who they what, are.
0: What, what, is, what does it matter? I'd rather have a filled hotel than one room with, you know, posh people in it.
1: And I'm guessing £40 was a lot back then because you said the, the people who are, who applied to it said, oh, yeah, we saw your advert we're staying. Uh, they'd have to stay a week to pay for that ad. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, because yeah, back then, £40 is quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> like in, in, the, in the 70s, 40, 40 pounds, I say, would be like spending 500 pounds for an ad in a paper now.
2: What's this? I decided, Sybil, to advertise. How much in the, did it cost? Oh, oh, I have 15. 40. 40? <laughs> I have told you where we advertise. Sybil, I know the hotel business. No, you don't, Basil. Sybil, we've got to try and attract a better class of person. Why? Well, but losing tone. You're making money. Yes, yes. (laughs) Just? Yes, but now we can try and build up a higher class of clientele. Turn away some of that riff-raff. So long as they pay their bills, Basil. Is that all that matters to you, Sybil? Money? This advertisement is a waste of forty One One moment. One moment, please. Well? Well? My dear woman. Sir Richard and Lady Morris arriving this evening for two nights. You see, they saw our advertisement in Country Life. I wish they were staying a week. Well, so do I. Might pay for the ad, then. (laughs) So, look, if we can attract this class of customer, I mean, the sky's the limit. Basil, 22 rooms is the limit. Have you you seen the people in room six? They've never even sat on chairs before. They're the (laughs) common vulgarist, most And uh, we
1: also get... Manuel's first entrance into this is holding three trays, isn't he? He's, 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 he's trying to serve and, and thought he's going, no, there's too much butter on those trays. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: uh, and Manuel goes, no, 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 not too much butter on those unden trays. <laughs> too much butter on those
2: trays. Hey. There is too much butter on those trays. No. No, no, senor, what? not, not on those tries. No, sir. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> no, no, dos, no. I'm no, no. mucho burro, Ali. Okay? I'm mucho burro, Ali. Ah, mantequilla. What? Okay? <laughs> mantequilla. Burro is uh, is um i uh, o <laughs> burro burro. Oh, Manuel, Manuel, oh, Manuel. Por, por favor, see, see, see. I Nothing, dear. I'm just dealing with it.
0: That's it, that's the other thing. Basil always thinks he can speak Spanish. Yes. <laughs> but he can't. And, and that's the lovely thing. So he's, he's trying to, you know, we get we get uh, the Lord Melbury character comes in, played by Michael Quinn. Um, and we also get a, a gentleman called Mr. Brown checks in. And Basil, <laughs> I love, because yes. he's a real lad. Is, is you know. a
1: know Cockney, you know what I mean? sort of yeah.
0: geezer.
1: it's a geezer, you know.
0: Yeah, and it <laughs> so, and it particularly irks Basil. It really does. <laughs> when Mister Brown, uh, played by Robin Ellis, when Mister Brown turns around and he can speak fluent Spanish, and Manuel's oh, like, "Ah, yes, yes, got good bags, yes, got yes. good bags," <laughs> and it irks him so much. And this this
1: shows you that Manuel could be an effective uh, waiter, waiter, member of the staff. But Basil doesn't know how to communicate with him. He hired him because he was cheap. (laughs) Uh, that's it. Yeah.
2: Uh, Manuel, uh, would you uh, fetch this gentleman's case from the car outside, take to room seven? Uh, He's not easy for me. What? He's not easy for me, uh, Entender. Ah, it's not easy for you to understand. Manuel, we're training him. He's from Barcelona. (laughs) In Spain. (laughs) Obtene la valisa, okay? La valisa en el uh, auto bianco uh, sportif y a la sala uh, 7, por favor. (laughs) Pronto? He's impossible. What? He's impossible. It's then- perfectly simple! Manuel, si vas, si busca mi equipaje que este en el automovil blanco y lo trae a la sala numero siete. <laughs> señor habla español. Oh, solo un poco, lo siento. Oh. No, pero he olvidado mucho. No, Señor habla muy
0: bien. Muy, muy bien. Formidable. Oh. <laughs> gracias, gracias. No voy a coger ahora. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and,
0: uh, and, and he uh- treats uh- you badly. He does. <laughs> he treats <laughs> you really badly. But, but, again, it's the comedy of it. Yeah. Um, now, the, the gentleman that plays Mr. Brown is Anthony Robin Ellis, or he goes by Robin Ellis. He's 78 years old. He's still with us. Uh, he's best known for his role as Ross Poldark in 29 episodes of the BBC series Poldark.
1: Yeah, I remember Poldark,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It was excellent. Uh, CBS, he was in a CBS miniseries, The Curse of King Tut's Tomb. He played Howard Carter. I've seen that. I really enjoyed it. I'm really fascinated by Egypt and the whole – discovering of tombs and all that sort of thing, so I made Colonel get it for me. Uh, yeah. He had a, a, a long career in theatre. He also had a stint with the Royal Shakespeare Company. He's a well-known voiceover artist. He did uh, the documentaries Fall of the Wall, uh, the Second Russian Revolution and End of an Empire, and he's also written several cookbooks about diabetic dishes because obviously he's diabetic, healthy eating for life and the Mediterranean vegetarian cooking, and he lives in France. Oh right, so yeah,, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hello, Robin. I did write to him on Twitter to ask him if he could like send a hello or an intro or something in. have not heard it back, so fingers crossed,
1: yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think he's a avid Twitter user by the looks of it, but <laughs> no it didn't look he no it there. didn't look
0: didn't look that way, but you never know. you might just check it just randomly and go, "Oh, I love launching the pilot. I'm gonna do that for that guy, <laughs> 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 um so. <laughs> So we have we have the
1: two states here, don't we? Have like, the Mister Brown who he thinks is a common type of irk, and we have Lord Melbury showing up.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So of course, the minute Lord Melbury oh, shows it's, up,
1: it's terrible, isn't it? Basil's just so falling all over him.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's ass kissing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just, just massive. Yeah. Pucker up, kiss, kiss the ass, and and I love actually. I only noticed it this time. Yeah. When. When Lord Melbury comes in, Basil's actually on the phone to Mr. O'Reilly.
1: Yes, yes. I didn't know pick up on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, which, of course, is the next episode with The Builders, which is one of my favourites. That that and Mrs. Oh. Richards, I think, is, uh, are my favourites. Yes. Um, but, you know, Basil's always saying to Manuel things like, you know, it'd be quicker to train a monkey. And...
1: Yes, I <laughs> I, Yeah, I know.
0: It's, really... <laughs> it's probably a good thing Manuel doesn't fully understand English.
1: But you know, as I say, uh, Manuel's always upbeat. It's never Yes. He never takes it to heart, does he? He just
0: <laughs> That's it that that's the thing. He's this lovable character, you know, as Andrew Sachs said, you know, people would like rush to him to, to want to protect him. You're just you know, they're interviewing other people and they're like, You just wanted to protect Manuel, go leave him alone. He's all and Polly does from time to time.
1: Yes, she in does. the
0: series. Yeah. Um, but that's he's, he's like a, a, a puppy dog that's just happy to have you home, even though you give it a smack for weighing on the carpet. <laughs> yes, that, uh, that's what Manuel's like. As we said, he's, Basil's falling all over Lord Melbury, and he actually.
2: For a few nights. Well, have you booked? I'm
0: sorry. Have you booked? Have you booked? <laughs> oh, know. Oh,
2: dear. Why are you a fool? I don't know full? fool? No, no, we're not full. full. Of course we're not full. <laughs> but I'd like one uh, moment, one moment, please. Yes, uh, single room. Your name, please. Could I have your name? Uh, Emil. One second, please. Hello. <laughs> ah, yes, Mr. O'Reilly. Well, it's perfectly simple. Uh, when I asked you to build me a wall, I was rather hoping that instead of just uh, dumping the bricks in a pile, you might have found time to cement them together, you know, one on top of the other in the traditional fashion. Could you fill it in, please? Oh, splendid. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but when, Mr. O'Reilly? There, there, there. <laughs> yes 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 but when yes 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 ah the flu yes both names please yes I should have guessed mr. O'Reilly that of the potato famine I suppose yeah I um, beg your pardon would you put both your names please well will you give me a date yeah I only use one you don't have a first name you know I am Lord Melby so I simply sign Melby <laughs> <laughs> go away then, sir,
0: he goes in to dine yes. and Basil actually moves a family that are already halfway through their meal, a mother and father and son, Yes. Uh, from away from the window so that Lord Melbury could sit by the uh, window.
1: Yes, this is Lord Melbury's seat. He always sits here every time Always he comes. sits here. <laughs> <laughs> and this guys go, but... but we were told, about, know, that's my wife's mistake." <laughs>
0: you know, so. um, I, I love that too. Yeah. If if Sybil's not around, he blames Sybil. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's not around, Basil yeah. blames the person that's not around, right. but especially his wife.
1: I don't know this family have also had a grapefruit thrown at them earlier. So. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. Well throw well, it
1: away. <laughs> yeah, well, he goes to Manuel, the grapefruit fell on the floor, he just, throw it away, throw it away. So Manuel picks it up, he goes, front, now, throw it away. And he does. The he throws it in the
0: direction where Basil <laughs> said. <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as thing. that. Basil went, throw it away, and just pointed, and Manuel went, right, you want me to throw it in that direction? I'll do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and we got Brown there sort of trying to crack onto Polly as well. Oh,
1: yes, yeah, he is, yeah. Uh, at, yeah. At, at, at this time, she's an art student but I think that changes, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> That's right, because the first season she keeps leaving her art around. pad, drawing around, and she's like doing drawing nudes and stuff. You never really see them. No. But I forget which episode, you know, Basil finds it on the front desk there, and he's like looking at me going, oh, it's disgusting. And turns the page, oh, d- just disgusting. <laughs> you leave this filth around? <laughs> and as I said in the documentary, the other thing about Basil, he's he's – it's like he's – Sexually frustrated, yeah, very
1: is repressed, sexually repressed. I think. And, uh, yes, <laughs> And yeah. That's why he can't stand anyone else. I think. like when Mr. Brown first enters, he goes single or double, and he goes double. I feel lucky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's just irks Basil more, doesn't it? That sort of oh
0: yeah. Oh yes. Anyone, anyone else, unless the person's falling all over him. But even then, that makes him awkward. I think I can't remember the episode, and it was the um. French lady.
1: Yes. Oh, oh Mr.
0: Filthy, you are so handsome. You are so attractive. Uh, like, that. Uh, He's going, oh, yes, thank you very uh, much. And, uh, <laughs> but there's part of him that en- enjoys it. But, of course, men like that always want to end up with, like, the Australian girl who he ends up putting his handprint on. Oh, her yes. The, the, in their mind, that's who they should be with, not some older French woman or not Sybil, you know what I mean, blokes yes. like that. And that's another sexual repression of his.
1: Yes, but yeah. he but he'd
0: never have he never have the balls to leave Sybil because actually they need each other in this weird, Yeah sort of twisted way they actually need each other.
1: Yeah, she can't function without him as, as much as he can't function without her. It's yeah, no. <laughs> it, it comes clear in later episodes that it is a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah exactly, and and we get uh, Lord Melbury wants a cash checked.
1: Yes, a check that's cash.
0: Sorry. Because,
1: because, uh, so, so. uh, earlier it uh, sort of pulled the chair from under Lord Melbury, while it's falling all over him, um, yeah, he falls. Yeah. He says, "I'll tell you what, we'll we do dinner on, on on the house tonight for you." He goes, "Well, actually, I'm out tonight, but but there is one thing you could do."
0: <laughs> yes. yes, it's 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 very good confidence trick because that's what he turns out to be. If you, have, if, yeah. I, I don't think it's a spoiler seeing this is from the seventies. No. So if you haven't seen Faulty Towers by now, you you've got problems. Um. But he's a he's a fraudster or a trickster, a, a, a more sort of Steve Martin in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels trickster would just take the free meal. Yes, yeah, so but right. he's got he, he's got bigger plans, and he also made Basil put his briefcase, which in the, Basil in instantly assumes yeah is full of that jewels is. or money or whatever you know, but bars of gold in the safe. Um, so. It's not the first time, and, and it turns out as well that Mr Brown is from CID, which is yes. basically MI5, <laughs> and they've been, they've been tracking him down and, and investigating him.
2: Lord Melbury, I really must apologise again. Oh, no, no, again. please, please, think nothing of it. Oh, but it was... No, big, no, no, so. no. <laughs> Smallest of accidents could have occurred anywhere. Yes, <laughs> but I mean... If we... No, no, I've forgotten all about it. Well, that's <laughs> most... I mean, you're really... Uh, your lodge. <laughs> Would you allow me to offer you dinner here tonight as our guest? Oh, that's extremely kind of you. Unfortunately, I have an engagement tonight. Oh, and, oh actually, yes. Uh, there is one thing. Oh, good. good. Um, I was wondering, uh, can you cash me a small check? Uh, I'm playing golf this oh, afternoon. Oh, delighting! Uh, yeah, I'd rather not go into the tower. Absolutely. I mean, uh, how much? Uh, if it's not a rude question. Uh, no. Well, uh, could you manage um, fifty? Oh, a yeah, hundred oh <laughs> absolutely oh yes i mean uh will 100 be enough i mean 150 200 160. oh or... well, yeah well now let's see it's dinner tonight few tips oh and it's weekend isn't it ah. yeah. would 200 be all right <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh please oh tremendous oh i'm so happy
0: oh, i'll send someone down to the town
2: straight away and have it for you here when you get back yes well that'll be splendid well yeah. oh, thank
0: you but, yeah, he, he he asked Polly to to sneak into town and to could, go and cash yeah, Lord Melbourne's
1: cheque. Yeah, because the first Lord Melbourne says £100 uh, because I'm playing golf with so-and-so uh, and it's the weekend. Do you think you could cash his cheque for £100? He goes, oh, 100 no problem, £200? Uh, then he sort of backs down, oh, 100 But Lord <laughs> Melbourne then heard the 200 and is in there. He says, yep, 200 that should be enough. And I, I've worked it out in today's money that £200 would be... One thousand six hundred English pounds, or three thousand Australian dollars, or two thousand American dollars. There you go.
0: There so you quite,
1: go. That's quite a lot of money.
0: See, Brian, you should come for a vacation in Australia because you double your money, money. Triple, <laughs> nearly triple your money. I think it is.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't things just be more expensive?
0: <laughs> no, not really. You do things on the cheap. We've got a spare room. Don't worry about it. You can stay with us. <laughs> I was, I was like, <laughs>
1: I stay with was it the, the cockatoos and the, the birds <laughs> in the garden.
0: We'll put you out the back of the snakes. Don't worry about yeah, it. Be fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everything uh, could kill you in Australia. Everything,
0: <laughs> including us. Yeah. <laughs> so I was saying that to somebody else on Twitter, someone said I'm frightened to coming to Australia because of all the wild animals. And I'm like, well, I live rural now, and I saw two spiders. I've never seen a spider. Oh, I've seen a huntsman up here, but I saw two funnel webs when i lived in sydney but strangely enough i've only seen one snake ever in my entire life living here my entire life yeah you it's don't i mean <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's safe as houses don't worry about it just just don't go into crocodile infested waters and you'll be fine so later, so, so i think polly gets oh she spots mr brown sitting in a car with another check. yeah
1: while she's in town cashing the check she's said. And he calls her over, doesn't he? And he, he yeah. says, I oh, watched this. There's an antique shop uh, and Lord Melbury. Well, it's not Lord. He's got, not got the moustache on, has he? He comes out and he goes, oh, that's the guy we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's it. And,
0: and, it, and it's sort of, uh, I, he's obviously gone to the, I think he's previously seen Basil's coin collection before that night. Yeah.
1: Yes, right. And yeah. that's
0: why he's gone to the antique shop to see what maybe they're worth. I mean, yeah. now we could just take like our mobile phone, take a photo, and, <laughs> yeah, you know, put it into it. Google and say how much are these coins worth. But back then, uh, you had to physically do it. So I, that's why I think he's in the antique store.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. I, yeah, it does sort of line up, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Because cause then uh, when Polly goes back with the money, she says, look, uh, Mr. Bassett, Mr. Uh, I've got to tell you something. I need to speak to you in office. And he's all brushing her off. No, no, I ain't got time for this, you know. Uh, and then he goes to the bar, doesn't he, with the money to give Lord Melbury. Yes. Uh, oh, seen... and
0: we've also and we've also got that lovely thing where it's the family that he moves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They're from coming... the table
0: by the window, they're now in the bar with their son. So it's the mother, father, and 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 the the son. Yeah. And he's ordered because he, this is before Lord Melbury even comes into the bar. Yeah. The the father has ordered a gin and orange, a lemon squash, and a scotch and water.
1: Yes. And he says, if, is, is, is there anywhere you'd like us to sit? <laughs> yes, is this all right? <laughs>
0: yeah. And even when Lord Melbury comes in, he's like, could we still all right to sit here? <laughs> yeah. um, and,
1: and, and the major's already in there. Is he's, he's the first one in the bar at six, you
0: know? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. And always is. Yes. I think this always is, a,
1: is. This is a routine, I think, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's it. That's it. And the two, the two old women are always together. And there's a lovely pattern and some sometimes with I find with British comedies the repetition can get a little bit uh predictable or or a bit eye rolling sometimes yes um but with this it was just the right tone it was perfectly done. they beefed out the characters really beautifully. you knew who these people are
1: yeah it's it's uh, it's, it's phonetic you know there's lots going on in a half hour sitcom <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now
1: There's no time to pause for laughter or anything. It just keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's it. Well, that, that's it. I, I'm, I'm, it wasn't filmed in front of a live studio audience. It was, so they. Yeah, it was.
1: It was? Yeah. They had two hours to film it in. That's it, <laughs> which is very unusual. Wow.
0: But, yeah, they don't stop for the laughs. It's not like, no. okay, I have I've said a funny thing. Now pause, wait for the laugh. There's none of that. It just It just keeps powering on. And the guy that asked for the gin and orange lemon squash and scotch and water, uh, Mr. Waring, yeah. uh, he's not with us anymore, and he died in 2016, is played by Terence Connolly. He was also Mr. Johnson in Series 2, Waldorf Salad. Oh, was we'll <laughs> he? Yeah, he played a completely different character in Season 2. Yeah. Because I said oh. to you, I watched the whole thing, so I'm like, hang <laughs> on a minute, that face <laughs> is really recognisable. So I had to look yeah. it up. And I was like, he's oh, there we to... go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cool bananas.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, John Cleese, if he liked working with someone, they'd always get an extra gig out of him if they could.
0: I Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing as well. And I love when Lord Melby comes in. This, the, the, Mr. Waring's already given his order. And he takes over a I, – I think it's a port, I think, yes. a little glass of port on a tray. and And – Melbury's admiring uh, coin, Basil's coin, coin collection. There. Of course, Basil's showing off about it. Oh yes, you know, blah blah blah. And and but he stands there with the tray, yeah. while more Lord Melbury drinks the port, so that more Lord Melbury doesn't have to move or lean down and put it. So <laughs> he just stands there, so he can put the glass back on the tray again. This is how much of a suck up that, that he's falling for. But of course, Lord Melbury says to him, "Oh, I'm 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 off to see you know a quite quite an important friend of mine." The and, Duke of Buckley, I believe. That's it. That's it. The Duke of Buckley. I, I and, know and, him well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 if you if you if you'd like, yeah. I I could take your your because these things could be incredibly valuable. I could take your coin collection and show uh, Lord Buckley your coin collection, and he would be able to give you a you know. Yeah,
1: he's an expert in the field,
0: so yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 he knows what he knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: Like, yeah. Um, but, but, but as you said, this is when Polly gets back, Polly calls uh, Basil away into the office to try and tell him what Mr Brown told her that this gentleman is not Lord Melbury. He's a trickster and a charlatan. Basil's yeah. not having any of it until no, no. Sybil comes in and goes, it says, "Oh, Mrs. Br-
1: Mrs. Mr Brown was just trying to impress you or something, you know." Yeah, says, yeah. yeah, but. Yeah. but <laughs> But of course, civil is is uh, listening to all this.
0: And I, uh, yeah, she uh, the, again, it's it's so well established because the minute she goes in, and, and Basil's like rabbiting on, and she just turns around and goes, Basil, like that. And she, yeah. she does yeah. that step, wonderful step back sort That's, of thing. She goes, all right, yeah. yeah. So he's uh, she's he's just, going, I forbid you to open that safe because then civil yeah. thinks, all right, what's if this guy's a charlatan? Let's
1: check his his his, his, his stuff in the safe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forbid you to open that safe. I forbid you to open that briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The briefcase is for the bricks, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But, yeah. And but he, he even tests the bricks. Like I love the way he picks moment. them up.
1: Yeah, he, sh- he shakes them, he sniffs them. <laughs> They're definitely bricks.
2: <laughs> What's going on? Nothing, my
1: dear, nothing. Mrs. at all Mrs. Forty. Now, look. Yes, Polly. I don't know that what is. she's. <laughs> Mr. Brown is from
2: the CID. <laughs> He showed me identification. They're watching Mulberry. He's a confidence trickster. I see. What do, what do, what do you mean, you see? Well, let's have a look at these valuables. What, what are you doing, Sybil? Sybil, Cyb- Cyb- I forbid you to open that safe. Sybil, <laughs> I forbid you to take that case out. <laughs> Sybil, do not open that case. I forbid it. I have forbidden it. His- I never thought I would live to see the day. When no. I appear at the rebel, trusts to us. Case of valuables.
0: In trust. <laughs> and he's like... I love when Basil makes his mind up, too. He's like... Right, right. And he did it with the build, he did it with the builders too. Yeah. You know, in the so, next episode with the builders, and Mr. O'Reilly stuffed everything up, and so Sybil's builder might be a bit more expensive. He's he's come and fixed, but but you know, of course, Basil's always got to have his way. That's the wonderful thing, as you said. You you want to strangle him, but you love him. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, but it turns out you know the Sybil's builder comes in and says. Oh no! It looks like he's done quite a good job, you know. And or did he use a, a, tubo, a steel bar or da 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 yeah. like that? And he's like, "This thing's going to come down any minute."
1: And that's not that's that's a, a load bearing wall. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the whole garden gnome thing, and that, and, that's, and that's when Basil suddenly disappears, and someone's going, "Basil, where are you going?" And he said, "I'm just going to see Mr. O'Reilly, dear." <laughs> and that's one of my favourite lines as well. From actually the next one, the builders is you know because Mr. O'Reilly's constantly saying if the good Lord was meant to tell, da, da, like that. And Basil says, and, and Mr. O'Reilly says, if the good Lord, and Basil replies, is mentioned one more time, I shall move you closer to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> I had to slip that in, because I just, I love that episode. I, loved, and I-, I love, I love the thing
1: that, uh, Mr. O'Reilly goes, oh, I love a spirited moon, he says yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, like, oh, really? God. <laughs> oh, <no>. God.
1: <laughs> and you see Basil's reaction. No, don't say that.
0: <laughs> you've got spirit, Mrs. Faulty. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Basil's like, oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do I? Do oh, I manage? to get the umbrella. and just smacks Basil. Seriously, if you're listening to this before and you've never seen Faulty Towers, it is one of the funniest TV series. It's only two seasons. Of 12 it. episodes. Yeah, 12 it. episodes. You, it's on everything. It's on, if you've got cable, it's on that. You can probably watch it online. They are 12 of the greatest episodes of comedy TV of all time, I I, I would say. And I, I think something probably more recently that I think, do, it doesn't come close, but I think it did a good job as Ricky Gervais' office. I think it was a... Oh, look, I wouldn't compare them, but oh, I, right, think, yes. I, I think I <laughs> think you you English are very very good at doing these comedy series, putting someone in the lead that is really quite unlikable, yeah, but still making it funny, and that's that's a really fine art.
1: Uh, I think one of the things that the British they they know when to put the brakes on. They say that's enough episodes. We're not doing any more. <laughs> We're going to handle yeah. the high because some yep. shows could just go on too long and they lose. And as uh, I think, as uh, John Cleese says, if you do too many, and the third season wasn't good, it it detracts from the first two. You know,
0: absolutely, (laughs) quality's now gone
1: down. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I I mean, I hate saying that about movies, you know, but you know, you look at Highlander and then Highlander Two, and you which is better
1: than Highlander One? Yeah, okay, I agree. Yeah. Please tell me you're pulling my leg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Though <laughs> the, the, the director's cut is better.
0: <laughs> but, it's but yeah, still look, a long I knew where, I knew where um, John Cleese was. I knew where John Cleese was coming from when he said, yeah. "Look, that's a, that's enough." You know, we've we've hit this out of the park. He had other things to go on to. I think he did the meaning of life after this. Yeah. Uh, in the eighties. It's a busy so, guy. <laughs> so. and, and I mean. Says, it, it,
1: he says he couldn't write it without Connie. It just
0: Yeah. Um, wouldn't be the same. No,
1: so 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 he says without that team it's just not worth doing. So <laughs> that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it and it is. It's a perfect comedy. Um and and it's it was interesting he was actually Cleese was paid just 6000 pounds for 43 weeks work.
1: So, this, this first episode cost 20000 and John Key's got about 400 for it.
0: So. Yeah, because he was, he was basically supplementing his income appearing in television commercials.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and he actually stated, he said, I, ha- I have to thank the advertising industry for making this possible. He said, Con- Connie and I used to spend six weeks writing each episode, and we didn't make a lot of money out of it. If it hadn't been for commercials, I wouldn't have been able to afford to spend much time on the script.
1: That's right, and and the script is the key, isn't it, to this show? You know, it's it's, it's all right to to act in something, because someone else is doing the script, but you're doing that script as well. It's it's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> well, writing is vital. Yeah, it's it's the it's. I think it's one of the most, unless you're doing like a blow em up action movie, writing is good. Writing is so essential, and that's that's why great writers are, are you know held in high esteem because it is. You know Neil Simon and people like that because it is a particular brilliant skill. And can I say again? I've said this to Brian. You do sound like Terry Jones.
1: <laughs> I don't think I do, but I, th- I think you just—you just think all English people sound the same.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> I used to be married to one. Trust me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know whether any of your other listeners have thought this, or, or whether they're thinking, Gidget, shut up, let Brian talk. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll get together with the, the the ten of them, and I'll ask them.
0: Uh... You, should, you should. You so should. You should get in contact with John Cleese and say, hi, it's Terry Jones, back from the grave. And he'd be like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> but I also thought it was interesting for this particular – oh, we should say that Lord Melbury gets busted. But oh, I, yes. I love, I love how Basil just tries to get a biffo in whenever yes. he can.
1: Is, but this is where um... – Polly and Manuel come to the aid, didn't they? I think uh, they, they both sort of knock him down, Lord Melbury.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and and you do a... notice that, and I don't think that was meant to happen. She knocks down the flower. Yes. right as well. Yeah. Um But we also get the uh, Sir Richard and Lady Morris. That's right. Yeah, Arrived during this entire thing, and it's basically they arrive. These are the real deal. These are the real Sir Richard and Lady. Yeah. Pos- um, <laughs> Pot, yes. pot pot, pot. Um, and they show up just to find Lord supposedly Lord Melbury. <laughs> Melbury. He's being tackled to the ground. Yeah. Basil's yeah. getting a few punches in. He then yeah. takes the Lord Melbury's wallet, takes his money back from yeah. it,
1: yeah, um, puts
0: that in his pocket. They witness all of this. <laughs>
1: yeah, they don't so know what's going on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so they they're like, well, I've never. And so they leave because they'd come in response to this ridiculous advert that he'd put in the paper. So they're, they're disgusted with the way people are being treated. So they leave. They get in their car, and Basil runs after them because as yeah, the symbol come, goes, they're yeah, leaving.
1: He goes, "Come and back, come back. You like it here? It's really nice." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the, the minute that they're, they're further enough away from him, he's like, "You snobs!"
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
0: goes on that wonderful tirade. <laughs> you
1: what's it? pus-filled snobs. St- <laughs> <Pus-filled. laughs> <laughs> <Stops.
2: laughs> yeah.
1: are you doing? We're leaving. Oh, don't.
2: Please stay. You'll like it, here. I've never been in such a place in my life. (laughs) You snobs! (laughs) You stupid, stuck-up, toffee-nosed, half-witted, upper-class piles of...
0: (laughs) pots! We get the, just the wonderful – the endings of the faulty tales are really good too. They, they end them really, really well because then Basil comes back inside, Sybil comes out, and she goes, oh, and Basil – and that's where Mr. Waring comes out and goes, yeah. a gin and tonic, a lemon squash, and a scotch and water, please. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> and a and great callback, yeah. <laughs>
2: Basil?
1: A gin and
2: orange, lemon squash, and a scotch and water peas! Right!
1: (laughs) I do like the fact that that Basil actually acknowledges Manuel and Polly. He fakes them for for tackling Lord Melbury, actually. He does, yeah, that's true, he
0: does. They get get well done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I I notice when you watch them all in a marathon is how far Polly goes to help Basil.
1: Oh, God. Uh, to extreme lengths. <laughs>
0: like, she even imposes Sybil in the, uh, what was it, yeah. the engagement or the uh, the anniversary, in the anniversary episode. Yeah. She impersonates Sybil. <laughs> yeah. In the, be- like, what, the effort she goes to when they've got the dead body, and she's like, the oh, arm God, is yeah. in the car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's giving all the clues to, to the people in front who can't see the arm, and it's just going... Like, it doesn't mean any, oh. Oh, <laughs> no, my <it's>, uh, <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> And then when she's got a like entertainer, like, I'm just a girl that can't see no one. <laughs> 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 oh, it's, it was such, I'm so glad I got to watch this again. I'm so glad I, I watched the entire season again because it was worth doing because it just, I've just been crying laughing at um. the whole thing.
1: Yeah, in the UK it's on Netflix, so that's always good to find it.
0: <laughs> nice, it's on Foxtel here in Australia if you've got yes. Foxtel cable, it's you can go and watch every single episode. So just type in Faulty Towers into your search and you can watch the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice easily available. <laughs> there were words they were coming out slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently, because the BBC didn't regard sitcoms as much, uh, they, they didn't spend any money on this, really, compared to drama. Uh, so that's why some of the sets are very wobbly. I didn't notice it before, but but a rewatch I you can see all the sets moving and stuff.
0: Yeah, but yeah especially when he's, when he's in yeah. the, the window, and, like, the window's, like, wobbling like plastic <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But I find that unusual, because they'd been previously very successful. Like, Dad's Army was huge.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that's they made their money on, you think, sitcoms, but they they weren't in high regard. They are a bit snobbish. Cause, uh, oh, of Be- course. They the still BBC, are, really, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> the BBC is very, if you've got the right tie, you know. <laughs> you went to yeah. the right schools. Um, but, yeah, uh, so so they only had, like, an hour's rehearsal. Then they had two hours to shoot it, and that was it. And that's not a lot of time.
0: No. <laughs> no. no. So but I, th- I think they all... They all, you know, got got so used to working with each other. They knew each other's quirks. They knew each other's timing. Yeah. The timing is very is very good in it. They all knew what they would do. I mean, you know, Prunella Scal is, had been acting for quite a long time. I loved her in the movie Howard's End. She was great. Um, Connie was probably the newest to the whole yes. act of it. But she she warmed into it really, really quickly and and you know, straight away, onto the next episode, The Builders, everyone had found their groove.
1: Yeah, I mean, because cause you say, Connie Booth had the least experience, but you wouldn't know it <laughs> to watch it. No. No, she no, 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 would Yeah, she's a natural, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's strange, because you don't really see, she hasn't really gone on to anything else that you'd say, oh, yeah, she's from that, so... Because all the limelight she's, went on she's, she's to She's kind of Cleese.
0: continued. Yeah. She's, she's continued working, yes. but not nothing. That when I was looking her up, I was like, "Oh, that." Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know.
1: So yeah, it's, 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 it's strange, but uh, I'm glad that John Cleese always shares the limelight with her, saying that it is down to her and him working together. Uh, so.
0: Yeah, that's that's lovely. It's not just me, 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 and I know, and I know, the man himself can be difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone's many, pretty much said that. How many times has been married? About seven times, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's up to about five or so. But yeah, well, yeah. that's what I don't get. Why get married? Just check up with someone. Then you don't have to pay them out when your marriage falls apart, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just, it's like Rod Stewart. They just keep getting married all the time and they lose all this money. It's like, be smart. Hang on yeah. to your money. Um, but like last, um,
1: time, last time the Pythons toured, they asked, oh, what why are you doing this for? He goes, well, I've
0: got all these divorces to pay for. So, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it'd be frustrating too. I mean, I understand with Connie Booth because she co-wrote *Faulty Towers* and started it with him. But with with the other one, when you, uh, I, I don't know. I could, but anyway, Fawlty Towers*. *Faulty Towers*. <laughs> uh, so, so here's
1: here's a question. I, I know you're going to score this quite low. So, if you have to score this out of ten, and you do have to, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> where would you, where would you rate this on a, a score?
0: All right, this is this alone. Touch of class.
1: This this episode uh, alone,
0: yeah. Right, out of all the episodes. Yeah. Or just as a standalone. As a sta-
1: if you've never seen it before, this is the, your introduction to the episode, the, the series. Uh, as Nine, out of, <laughs> Nine out,
0: out of ten. Nine out of
1: ten.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it still makes me laugh. I still oh, watch I, this.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I I, like, I really enjoyed watching this episode again, I thought, oh, this is really good. Uh, the others are just better as well, and I thought, but this is really good. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go the annoying as well because I can't do anything else. It's just, they only get better.
0: <laughs> that's There's... it. All the rest are ten. Yeah. So you know, we can't. Yeah, you know, I I can't. Follow, as I said, this for me, this is the the funniest TV series that's ever been on TV. And that and you know, I love Seinfeld. I'm a Seinfeld lover. Um, I love Veep. Um, there 's plenty of plenty of comedy I liked it, arrested development stuff like but faulty towers is such a classic I grew up with it uh, I remember sitting in the family room with my parents and my grandparents who lived with us and we would all we would never miss an episode of faulty Towers and we would all sit and we would as I said, it was five, six, seven. You know, because Australian TV kept repeating it over and over because we weren't showing anything else. So it's just, it's like, well, bought faulty Tales. We'll just keep, just keep playing it. Just keep, and then, we, and then we drifted over to like Doctor Who and the goodies and Kenny Everett Video Show and all that sort of thing. But this was the one show that all six of us could sit down with my brother, and all of us laugh. I didn't always know what was going on. Yeah, and it
1: doesn't feel dated. or
0: out of no. place even today the fashions that's the only thing that would trip it up. the yeah. phone and the fashions that's yeah. that's it but it's still that same sort of cutting edge wonderful humor it's a wonderful ensemble of characters yeah um and, and it's uh, such a simple premise but so beautifully done
1: even though it's, it's obviously over-exaggerated the premise uh but it's true because I've stayed at places like this where they do not like the customer.
0: <laughs> yes, I I have too. When uh, <laughs> yeah. Colonel and I were going skiing and we had to stop off stop off at Kuma and we stopped off at this motel and it wasn't that late at night. This woman was not happy <laughs> that we rocked yeah. up. It was like seven p.m. or something, and she's like,
2: "Ugh!" Oh.
0: And, then, and then when we got we got up to the room, she suddenly lightened up because she'd done these doily things with the towel on the beds. <laughs> And 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 Colonel was so exhausted because he, he'd done the driving. We'd been driving for like seven hours. So he'd done all the driving. So he was exhausted. He just wanted to go to bed. And I, I was so such a bitch. And I said, could you show how you do this doily thing again with the towel? And she went, oh, yes, doll, of course. And she'd like, do, the, do it again. And I'm like, oh, I missed that. Could you do that again? And Colonel's in the corner of the room looking at me like, the minute she leaves, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but you do you you have got these people you know and it's a lot of the times when you stay a bit and I it makes you wonder why do that job go and work in a factory where you don't have yeah. to talk to anybody
1: they like the idea of the job they just don't like the customers
0: <laughs> so, yeah that's what I mean. <laughs> do go be a farmer there you go then all you have to talk to are sheep and cows <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's what I don't get with people in service industries when they're rude or they just seem disgruntled you're just like why why are you doing this Why would you do a job where you've got to see people and speak to
1: people? (laughs) I know you get it sometimes where it's someone's first job that it's not the job they want to do, but it's the only job they could get. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. (laughs) But anyways, that that was Forty Towers. (laughs) The the episode's episode's in there somewhere. (laughs) But Everyone should watch it for themselves, shouldn't they? It's it's that simple. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. No, it's, 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 yeah, I can't, I can't rave it about it enough. Uh, the second season was actually directed by Bob Spears, who's not with us anymore, but he went on to direct Absolutely Fabulous, French and Saunders, the good, uh, he, he also previously directed The Goodies. He directed Dad's Army. Uh, and he went on to direct, uh, the movie Spice World. I'm sure that's one of your favorite movies of all time, Brian.
1: You know what? I might not have seen it yet, but but you know it's definitely on my to-watch list. You know, the 100 movies you have to watch before you die, uh, that's definitely yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah.
0: You know what I'll say about it? About it? Even yeah. if you don't like the Spice Girls, it's funny. Yeah. It's actually a funny movie, and their songs are good. So it's one of those, you know, you take and give. Not all of them are the best actresses, but I think under the guise of Bob Spears, who was such a wonderful comedy director, I think it was better than it would have been. If but they didn't I'm,
1: have him on board. I believe uh, Richard E. Grant's in it as well, isn't he? Uh,
0: Everyone's in it.
1: Yeah, but I, I love Richard E. Grant. If you, if you don't oh, follow nice. him on Twitter, you should really follow him on Twitter.
0: I do follow him on Twitter. I love yeah, I love his videos it, it, that he puts up. He's always doing With Nail and I. and It's so yeah.
1: positive. He's such a happy chap.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, did, you, did you watch that movie with him and Melissa McCarthy? Um,
1: yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was fabulous, the, was, wasn't it? I, 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 when we could go to the cinema um, I was the only one in the cinema watching it <laughs> it was oh, really
0: <laughs> you know, course,
1: such a shame this is gonna get overlooked uh, but Ab-
0: it, absolutely yeah it, it, more people
1: it so plays against these who it actually is in type it, that it's brilliant to watch uh, just love him.
0: he's a he's a fabulous actor always has been uh, he was in a lot of those period piece movies as well and he can take on any sort of character. But he was, uh, we, we, oh, what's it called? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Is that it? Yes, that's it. That's it, yeah. That's it. So f- for your listeners, and, and don't go, oh, I don't know like Mr. McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy's fantastic in it. And She's it's based really on good. a true story. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a one to watch it. I, I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> <laughs> 40 <laughs> Towers, to Can You Ever Forgive Me? That's yes, <laughs> Yeah. But... <laughs> that's, that's how you ramble. <laughs> I'm
0: just a rambling gal.
1: <laughs> uh, Richard E. Grant was never in Forty e. Towers. So. <laughs> no, he
0: wasn't. He was too young, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one thing I, I, we do need to mention is this was very unusual for a comedy sitcom at the time because basically they had a regulation that sitcoms could only be, what, 28 to 29 minutes?
1: Yes, that's right, yeah.
0: This never run ran under 32 minutes. No matter what they did, it always ran 33, 34, 35, 36 minutes, which was unheard of for –
1: for the BBC.
0: BBC Absolutely, the BBC. It's like, oh, it's running dreadfully long, don't you think? And that's (laughs) the other thing. I think, you know, it does sort of – you know, Basil Fawlty is sort of maybe a bit of a BBC-type person,
1: (laughs) you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he would definitely he would definitely get a job there <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely
1: yep. the yeah the other thing i thought was strange was as i said they never named the episodes that they didn't have a name for each episode it's episode one episode two uh so it's only when we came to vhs they actually had to they put names on them they gave them names
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. and which which is which is unusual because the it's not like that wasn't done before. Dad's Army's episodes had names on them.
1: Yeah, look, everything did. But for some yeah. reason, it, it didn't seem important to them to, to
0: name the episode, So I guess they thought that probably the sign was the name of the episode. So the first one was Faulty Towers with the drop yeah. desk. Next one was Fartery, Farty Owls. <laughs> Maybe that's what they thought the names were going to be. I guess they just didn't think of it. no. You know? I-
1: I think they had other things to think about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, Andrew Sachs, he, he got injury, didn't he, from the, from the show? He got uh, got, burnt.
0: <laughs> he got absolute... burnt. He got burnt. He got smacked on the back of the head and was knocked unconscious.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, John Cleese said, Oh, he's always whining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jo- so, jokingly. John yeah. He, he, yeah. <laughs> The, that's just this. It's a, I think they all got along. I think that's what also makes it work. Is the, I,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think you could have a wonderful show like that, as funny as that, with them all working so close together, if they all didn't get on. And and you can you can sense that. You can sense that camaraderie and what they need to do. And
1: yeah, yeah. many shows, many shows you can see, can't you? If 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 something's not quite right, the, the cast aren't gelling. You know, you, you can tell right away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, does come, it comes off the screen at you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, I am Gidja von the Rue and I co host an 80s movie podcast of 80s movies we loved back then and we still love now called the Retro Cinema Podcast. And the one we would have done just yesterday or that we've released last night uh, is actually Top 10, our top 10 religious figures from 80s movies. So it's Top 10 time. Uh, so that's what we've done. Nice, easy one. Well, Actually, I, I was really surprised when uh, I came up with that one because uh, the week after we're doing Serpent and the Rainbow, the Bill Pullman movie, uh, horror movie. Um, so I thought, oh, yeah, voodoo, you know, religious figures. I was really surprised how many there are from 80s movies. It always so, surprises
1: me when you do at a top 10 because I was thinking I can't ever formulate a top 10 in my head. <laughs> I, <just can't, laughs> I could never think you know- that, that way. <laughs>
0: You know how you do it? Like, I go through all the movies. Yeah. Every, like every single 80s movie from every decade. There's a lot I still haven't seen. Oh, so I dear. can only go by the ones I know about or that I've seen. So I'm sure that there's priests and nuns in several movies that, but I just haven't seen them. Um, but I do go through for top tens 80, 81, 82, 83, 84. I guess, <laughs> I guess, every, cause I, I just want to be really thorough in my list, and I don't want to keep picking the same movies that we've already podcasted as well. Uh, I don't want to be that repetition, but the key is I just, like, write them down. I, I get a notepad, I write all the movies down that are the, in the, the options, and then I just go go through and do 10, 9, 8, 7, you know, I do it that way. I had to work out a system because I was the same. There were some topics, like when we did, like, our favourite movies of 1981, stuff like that, and you're like, oh, i got 30. Yeah. How do I get it down
1: to 10? How do you narrow that down?
0: Yeah, well, I yeah. always
1: love it when people were like used to comment on, oh, you'd only do 80s movies. Oh, you're going to run out of movies eventually. I thought, 80s? It's like 10
0: years worth of movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Everyone's like, so you're going to be doing 90s next year once you run out. I'm like, we haven't even done ET or Back to the Future yet. What are you talking about? We haven't even done some huge mainstream ones. That's not even including the, the semi-known ones and then the ones under – you know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we're, the, we're still three years in, tip of the iceberg.
1: Yeah, so. probably like 10% is, <laughs> sorry, it's something. Yeah,
0: yeah it's not even st- that, not even yeah, that. I've, yeah. I've actually got a list somewhere where I printed oh, yeah. off every single 80s movie ever released, and that includes from <laughs> Australia, England, America, Europe, Asia. I, I used up an entire ream of paper. I'm not terribly environmental, <laughs> as, as you can tell. But I've got it somewhere, and it's like every 80s movie ever released, and yeah, we're not even close. Uh,
1: and you only do the ones you like.
0: So. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm, there's several movies mm, I'm yeah. I, ref- and and we've worked out a system because there's going to be movies that he loves that I don't, so I step away. He brings in a guest. Yeah. So that's what we do. Uh, like with Kroll, I'm not not a massive Kroll fan, so it was like, but he really wanted to do Kroll. So I said, okay, it would be hypocritical of me to do it because yeah. I won't be passionate about it. And what were you on for? You were on for crawl. Uh,
1: no, no, I, I did um, Caddyshack.
0: Caddyshack, that's it. You were on for Caddyshack, yeah. See, I enjoy Caddyshack, don't love Caddyshack. So I was like, get a guest. And it wasn't just because I was in Hawaii. We could have pre-recorded, but and that's what we're going to do. And it's just like with Fatal Attraction. Angry yeah. man doesn't like Fatal Attraction, so I brought Carrie from Girls Be a Sport over to do to do Fatal Attraction with me. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll always bring if it's that situation. We'll always bring a guest in. So hopefully, I'll be able to have you as a guest for a movie one time. I, I
1: was a bit blindsided by Candy Shack. I must admit, because I had 11 pages of notes, uh, and then uh, and <laughs> then Angry says, "Oh, we don't have to start from the beginning. We just we just talk about it." And I thought, "Oh, I don't. I'm lost now." <laughs> 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 a to b <laughs> <laughs> my notes how to go through it
0: oh god that always yeah that always makes things a bit difficult if you've done things a certain way and like you listen to our show so you know the way that we yeah, do it so formats. you could have thought in your mind okay yeah. that's the way we're going to do it um but uh we've we've talked about it and we're going to try and make it more like a if we have guests it's more sort of a bullet points and chats rather than
1: you no, know general, amazing, generally explain yeah. the
0: movie but yeah yeah yeah. So you, you have to pick an eighties movie that you would like to podcast with moi.
1: I still want to do Raising Arizona. <laughs>
0: That's what? it. That's it. Raising Arizona. Okay. It's what,
1: Be- one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It's a done deal. All oh, right. It, it it's a done deal because because we've also uh, Angry Man's going to have one once a week off.
1: so I'm been saying about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So it's a done deal. Brian, Raising Arizona. There we go. Uh, uh, for
1: some reason, I've got two copies of the DVD. So... <laughs> oh,
0: really? I've got a copy of it too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got two, though. So I must have brought
0: it again at some point. <laughs> that's all right. It just makes me feel better. I've got three copies of Armadais. Oh, that's that's, a, that's a, acceptable. And this was brilliant fun. So, everybody, check out Faulty Towers. If you've never seen Faulty Towers, trust us, it's bloody funny. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> ciao, ciao. Bye bye.
2: Sitting in my how i hiding